Hello and welcome to The Trials, the new system playtest actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael and this is The Trial of Faith, a sci-fi RPG from Burning Games. This is episode zero, rules overview and review. In this episode, we get an overview of the rules by our DM, Carlos, who is one of the creators of the game. After we completed our actual plays, we did uh, another few minutes of rules review at the end, which I also included in this, the first episode. This episode is not required to uh, understand or enjoy the actual play episodes that follow, and for that reason, I am releasing episode 0 and episode 1 at the same time. So if you are listening to this now, then episode one, A Derelict Ship, is already available to listen to as well. All told, there will be four episodes of this trial, zero being the rules overview and review, and episodes one, two, and three of the actual play through our game run through. Uh, We are also going to do a table topics episode where we will get the players back together and discuss our thoughts of the game and the system. The Kickstarter for this game is going to be launching on February 11th, 2015, and I hope you guys will uh, check it out and see if it's something that you would also be interested in backing. So on to the show. Here is The Trial of Faith, Episode 0, Rules Overview and Review. Okay, so my first question is, which character seat do each of you got? Is there any particular ones that you would want us to pick, Carlos, to help showcase any of the mechanics or any of the differences between them? Good question. Well, in the PDFs, they are in order. There's player one, two, three, uh, four, five. So I would pick one, two, three. And I will leave it up to you if you want to play. I can quickly explain each of them. So, character number one is he's supposed to be uh, the captain of the ship, and she's a little bit of a support player. Okay. So, while she's the captain, she follows Ergon, who is a, a god that tries to have everyone working in harmony. So, her role is a little bit of a support. Then the second player is Jin, which is a corvo, and he's a, a hacker. And he's Good with computers and trying to survive, I guess. And then the third player is Renko, who is the human. He's the muscle. Muscle? That sounds like me. You picked Renko. So, um, Matthew, do you want to be the pilot or do you want to be the hacker? I will be the pilot. Okay. So you will be Nadia and I will be Ying. Excellent. So uh, if you already got your characters... Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I would like you guys to do is read their story. This would be the background you would normally create yourself, but in this case, the background already comes with the with the character. So you will have to play into that character a little bit. So how many deities are there in the system? I, I, um, I'm a little behind on the universe reading. Five gods. Ah, five. Okay. Interesting. And they all hate each other a little bit. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be a fun pantheon if they, they were all kinder and gentler. Uh, the, the equipment cards are for for a special kind of uh, gear. So your regular gear, like what clothes you're wearing, uh, I don't know, a soda you carry around because maybe you get thirsty, that stuff, mm-hmm. you, 
role play around it. Uh, okay. this, the cards are there to inspire you uh, for different kind of a special year that you might have. So now, uh, with confrontation, is that only combat, or is there also like social combat? If I'm trying to intimidate someone, is that just purely role play, or is there still a confrontation that occurs? Well, usually we leave it uh, purely for role playing. This is a little bit weird for some people, uh, but we ask for the players to try to get into the the characters a little bit, and for the game master to try to come up with what he thinks is the best solution for the story. So one thing that I that I find sometimes annoying about uh, some RPGs is the roll a dice and try to, to find out if you discover something in this room. I think uh, what we want to do in Faith is, does the GM want you to discover something? Then he should make it somehow available for you. Uh, this said, uh, cunning is a skill uh, in the character sheet that uh, you could use to resolve a social uh, conflict. If you find that the role-played solution was not fair, or someone is unhappy about how things are going, or someone doesn't like resolving things through the role-play. Hmm. Okay. And all confrontations are solved the same way. They, they have the same uh, system, uh, so it's fairly easy to, to do a confrontation, uh, either for uh, fixing a plane, trying to intimidate someone, or shooting at your enemy. Okay, I will uh, introduce to you the game, the main mechanic. Uh, what I want to do is I want to resolve uh, one single confrontation, so you can see how it works. And after that, we will get into the story. And whenever new rules come along, I will explain them. So uh, they might come to you a little bit as a surprise at times, because I didn't explain them before. But I find that it's more fun for new people to play like this than listen to me for 20 minutes. Perfect. OK. Yeah? OK. That sounds good. So first, I would like to apologize uh, if my accent makes you crazy. <laughs> I cannot fight it. And uh, second, uh, I will remind you of the rules about the jokers. Remove the jokers from your deck and set them apart. You would normally give them to your GM. Then, if all of you already got a character seat in front of you, I have here a, a mock-up. Can you see my screen? Uh, no, we, we haven't been no, getting videos since the applause. That's okay. So I will use uh, explain. Uh, your character seat has uh, two main things that you should know about at this point. Your attributes, which is uh, the list at the top, agility, constitution, dexterity, faith, link, and mind. Hmm. And then your skills. There's 12 skills, and uh, you will have different values in all of this. Okay. In addition to that, each character seat has an illustration of the character. Uh, you can choose between 12 illustrations, uh, just to to see which one you think your character will look more similar to, or you can just put a token there and paint your own. You also have your different 
upgrades, which are powers uh, given by the gods, uh, biological mutations, or uh, technological devices that you have installed in your body. And last, you have a token representing your affinity and a token representing the god you follow. So how do you play? Well, uh, while it might seem very different from other RPGs, you will see that the resolution is fairly uh, similar. What I want you to do is put the deck next to you and draw seven cards. Except for me, I draw eight because I'm human. Yes. Humans have a special ability that allows them to draw up to eight cards. A human special ability is that they're assholes. So, at this point, if you find that your cards are very low, you're allowed to do one single mulligan and draw seven new cards. Okay. So, I, I will explain how you play Faith. Well, Basically, whenever you want to do something, it must be related to an action. So you would take a look at your skills and see which of them uh, matches the best, the kind of action you want to perform. If that skill has a value above zero, you can do it. No problem. Just go ahead and do it. But other characters and NPCs can confront actions that affect them. So if you want to climb a wall, that's fine. But if you want to punch someone, that someone may want to confront that action. In addition to that, the Game Master also has a hand of cards. And he uses these cards to represent bad life. So the Game Master can confront whatever action you are doing to give some tension into the game. Let's say you want to climb the wall to escape from your enemies. He can confront you and make you fall down. And things like that. Okay? Uh, so, how do you play confrontations? Confrontations are the key mechanic of the game, and they're fairly simple. So, let's say I have here... Oh, you don't see my screen. Well, let's say I have a... I am um, a Corvo who wants to shoot Michael. So, what we would do is perform a confrontation. So, I choose to shoot at you, and you will have to choose a valid countermeasure for that action. Okay, would that be a skill or an ability? Well, it will depend on the situation. Let's put ourselves in a little bit in a situation. Let's say okay. you are at a, a bar and you insulted this guy because you were talking badly about his god and you did not know that this guy across the bar believed in this guy. Okay, so you were talking badly about the believers of Caliba, and he is a believer of Caliba. He stands up and tries to uh, to punch you. Okay. So you will have uh, to think of a valid countermeasure. It could be, oh, I run away, I punch him back, I draw my handgun and I shoot at him. Just, and whatever the, the counteraction it is, the game master can tell you, oh, that, that, that sounds valid. So... Most valid actions need to either affect the other character in a way that stops them or get yourself out of trouble. Okay. Uh, you should look at your skills and see what you are best at because that's probably the safest solution for you. Well, my, my highest is a hacking, which I don't think will help here. 
And then my next highest is EVA. I don't know what that is. Is that evasion? EVA is extravehicular activity. So it is a spacewalking. Okay. Oh. All right. So I also have a three in cunning. So what I think I would do is I would try to, like, tap the shoulder of the bar patron next to me and try to quickly switch places so that he gets punched and not me. Okay, that sounds like fun. So let's go with it. Doing a confrontation, uh, after uh, you select the skill, you look at your uh, attributes. In most RPGs, attributes maybe add a little bit to your uh, action. Uh, maybe you have 10 points in agility, you get plus 2 for an action, and so on. Here, mm -hmm. the attributes tell you how many cards can you play uh, to improve the value of your action. So cards has, have values from 1 to 13. And you can play as many cards as that attribute to increase the value. So your initial value is a uh, 3 in cunning. Yes. I'm going to say that you're going to be using dexterity because you're quickly uh, grabbing this guy and putting him in harm's way. Okay. So you can play two cards. And your enemy uh, has a close combat of 4 and he can also play two cards. So he's at the moment winning because he has he's in a 4 and you're at 3. So you would be the first one playing a card. Okay. And would you play them like face up or face down? Is play them any... face up, so they are rebuilt. But you play, you play only one. You can play two, but you play as many cards as you have to until you are winning. And then the next, the opposition is the one who plays. All right, I will play a four, but it is, it is not an affinity card. I, I read that rule. So I will now be at a, a seven. You're at seven. Okay, so he gets to play a card. How do NPCs work? NPCs play from the deck of the Game Master. The Game Master can play cards from his hand uh, to add a little bit of interest to the situation. I'm going to play for the top of my deck, and he sadly plays a 1. So his action now is 5, while yours is 7. But he, he gets to play a second. We'll do that now. And he plays a 7. So his final action value will be 12. Okay. Uh, now it is your turn to play your second card, and you want to be above his action value. Okay, I played a 6. That puts me at 13, one higher. Okay, that's good enough, and that would uh, mean that you are not going to be hurt. Um, other things to... Now that you know the basic mechanic, uh, this is how you use... What, this is what you use to resolve all the different actions you're going to be performing. Okay? Okay. So when do I refill my hand? Like, when do I draw back to seven? So, the game is played out in scenes. Scenes work like in a movie scene. Uh, they are set up by the game master. And they're normally, they normally represent one main event. A chase. A bar fight and interrogation, things like that. Uh, and when enough time has, ha has taken place, the Game Master can say, okay, that scene is over, and now everyone draws up to their maximum hand value. He would draw cards as well. Because the Game Master also plays cards, he will find it useful for scenes to end at some point. During a scene, 
you can also uh, re uh, get to draw cards to your hand. And this represents the different techniques uh, that your character has to not get tired. Because your hand of cards represents your stamina. Okay? So when you play a 13, that means you're doing a strong effort uh, to be successful. When you're playing a 1, is you're being lazy or just tired because you don't have other options. So how do you draw cards during, during a, a scene? There is two instances in which you would do that. The first one is if you play a card up to twice the value of your attribute. So you use just dexterity with a value of 2, and you would draw a card whenever you play a card from 1 to 2, 3, and 4. So you play a card with 1, 2, 3, or 4, you would draw a new card. This represents that low card is not an effort for your character, and he stays fresh. Okay? Okay. The other way to draw a card is when you play a card with a symbol that represents the environment you are in. So the player decks are basically a poker decks, but their symbols have been switched to uh, the symbols of faith, which are urban, nature, space, and operative system. Are the symbols clear enough, or should I point out which is which? No, they're clear. Uh, what, yeah? so, by system, do you mean like a like a sort of some sort of cyber? You're you're in the computer thing. Yes. Okay. Whenever we're using computers, you're in the cyber war. You're hacking. You are doing whatever with machines. You are in OS. Okay. okay? So you play a nature card, and you are in the middle of the forest. That means your character is moving well in the forest, and you draw a card. Okay? And each character has affinity to a different uh, symbol, to a different suit. And this represents uh, where did that character grow up, where uh, he feels more comfortable, and things like that. So whenever you would draw a card because of your uh, suit, you get to draw two, choose one, put it in your hand, Take the other one and put it either back on top of the deck or discard. Okay? Okay. So uh, when I do demos, uh, I normally move around all the cards of everyone. I tell them, oh, you just played with the, with the ambience, throw a new card. But because I'm not going to be seeing your cards today, I want you to be um, on top of that. So remember it, okay. otherwise you will go down faster. <laughs> okay. So that's basically the main mechanic. There is one other thing that you should know, and we're ready to go. Okay. And this is the advantage and disadvantage rule. The advantage and disadvantage rule allow us to put role-played concepts uh, into the uh, apply them into the mechanics. So uh, you will gain an advantage whenever the game master considers you deserve one. So let's say you want to repair a drone. You could say, oh, I'm going to repair a drone, and, I, and you just play your cards. Or you can tell me, I will download from the internet the blueprints. I will uh, check uh, YouTube from the future channels that tell me how to do this, and things like that. Uh, so I know how the best way to solve this problem. And the game master can should say, ah, that's a good idea. I'm going to grant you an advantage. Uh, you could also gain an advantage if you decide uh, to go out to a high place when you're in a shootout and things like that. 
Also, some of the gear you have will grant you advantages regardless of the role play you're doing. Okay? So, the person who has the less advantages during a confrontation is considered in inferiority. And because of that, he gets to play one card less that he could normally play. Hmm. Okay. Okay? And that's all you should know for now. Then the powers, upgrades, and all those things uh, include special rules uh, that you can apply to different situations. Uh, and they sometimes allow you to break into the, the main mechanic. Let's get start, uh, started with the campaign, and we will go into that a little bit at a time. So, I would like you guys to tell each other what is the background of your characters and how do you know each other. Okay. Who wants to start? Start with the captain. I am a speedster aquatic alien. I'm a Iscal. And uh, I just... Uh, I just like to go fast, and the best way to do that is to hang out in space and uh, follow my god, Ergon, all over space and hang out with weirdos like you guys. Okay. <laughs> my name is Ying. I'm a young Corvo that has a bit of a mysterious past because I was found by Nadia wandering out in the uh, outside of the known routes. And uh, she took me in without any questions asked. So she knows that I'm an exceptional hacker, and I'm very loyal to her, but she doesn't really know what my backstory is. I haven't shared that yet. And I don't have anything on my sheet that relates me to Scott's character, so I don't know. Is there anything on your character sheet about my character, Scott? Yes, they must go in order. (laughs) So I am Rimko. I was created to be a soldier, the perfect soldier. As such, I I slept in cryostasis until I was needed aboard uh, troop transports or in storage. Unfortunately, the last time I awoke from cryostasis was a shock. The ship was out of power. Floating blood was the only thing left of the crew. All of my compatriots were cryostasis. Pods were broken and empty. I almost went mad living in that empty and broken ship for half a year until someone responded to my beacon signal. I almost cried when I saw Nadia and Ying. I was so happy to join them, and I promised you that I would do anything. Fight to the ends of the earth. I uh, also joined the rank of, ranks of Vexel and by, as my new god to reward my strong will. Okay. So those are your characters. Those are the backstories you will be playing today. Do you have any questions? I didn't see anything in my background about the god that I follow. I might have missed that. Uh, basically, uh, your character has been not falling a straight path. So you've been a thief at times, you've been a good boy at times, so no god has uh, granted you any powers yet. Okay. So you're basically, at the moment, an, like an atheist. Until okay. you find the proper path uh, for your character. Not affiliated. Got it. Yes. So, uh, following a god is very rewarding because it grants you powers, that will allow you to do things that break the laws of physics. But at the same time, it will mean that you must follow some commandments, and if you do not, the Game Master is obliged to take those powers away from you. Okay? Okay. That makes sense. Uh, A couple of things 
I wanted to tell you guys before we finish is that you gain experience when you play through the whole deck. So if you uh, you keep the the discard pile on the uh, deck uh, separately for the next uh, session, and when you play through the whole thing is when you get your experience points. About how many sessions does that usually take? It depends on how mechanics heavy it is. Uh, if you, if it is very mechanic uh, light, you do a lot of uh, talking, interactions, and so on. The game master can give you experience just because he wants to, but it usually takes three or yeah, three, four is norm is the normal number. And then with humans getting to draw one extra card. That's going to go through the deck a little faster. Have you noticed, like, is that a built-in advantage that you were looking for for humans? Uh, sorry? Because humans get to draw one extra card every scene, that means they should, in theory, go through their deck a little faster than anyone else. Was that something you guys did on purpose? Well, well but, but, but we don't get to play any extra cards. Uh, basically, it, it, it creates a different kind of gameplay for the uh, humans because they can't they can play more cards. They can go more crazy with cards. Oh, okay. uh, that's right, because you can run out of cards. That's yeah. a thing that can happen. Yeah, so basically the three species work a little bit like this. The Corvo, they are the best ones at a hacking, a piloting, and things like that. So they are the kind of characters that usually play support during battles, and do all the door openings, finding information, things, during uh, the other times. Humans basically go straight into combat, and the Ithcal have a really nice power uh, that when there's only one Ithcal is the less the less useful power, but when there are more than one Ithcal, they connect through hyperlink. This does two things. It allows them to communicate telepathically, and they can uh, confirm actions uh, against another Ithcal. So if three of you were at Ithcal and someone shoots one of you, the three of you could shoot back. Oh, nice. Wow, that's cool. Then how does experience work? Well, you can use it to increase your skills, your attributes, or gain new upgrades. Uh, power upgrades, which are the ones given by the gods and are by far the most powerful ones, they require the approval of the game master and of course you can lose them if you can play badly. So for example, Matthew today won a lot of points to gain another power whenever he gets experienced. But if in the next session he decides to run off and leave you guys behind, he will lose that, um, that edge. Okay? okay? Gotcha. So if you act against the wishes of your deity, then, then you, you, you get penalized by losing those abilities? Not, not the wishes of the uh, GM, uh, the wishes of the gods. Yeah. Uh, the gods have uh, four, three, or five commandments that you must follow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you you role play against those, you will lose them. Okay. So you you have you have to be a little bit of a monk. Okay. You have to be very strict. To Interesting. Get I, I didn't even think to ask you what the commandments if they had any gameplay or mechanical effects. Hmm. Uh, mechanical effect. But, no. Well, well, yeah. I mean, if 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 acting against a commandment can lose me an ability, that 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 would be a mechanical effect, right? Yes, that yeah. that, that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, um, Carlos, since we we didn't have a full table and we weren't able to use all five of the pregens, was there any 
mechanical aspects that didn't come out in our actual play that you'd want to cover just for a listener so they you know they didn't miss out on that because we didn't play a certain character uh, well the other two characters are uh, close quarters combat guy he fights with sword um, uh, which is a vibroblade and the other guy is a guy who uses drones so there are several uh, ways you can play uh, but basically, the main mechanic of a fight is you try to defend your... Uh, basically, the gear you have at this point is the less powerful gear, okay? Uh, normally, uh, strong characters have very powerful suits, and the suits are the closest thing you got to um, a class system, okay? So you have a stealth suit that makes you invisible, and that would be the closest to being like a thief in a G in D&D or something like that. So when the characters have a lot of uh, power, they're mid characters or high level characters, the game plays a little bit like this. You want to defend your hacker because your hacker is going to turn off the strongest weapons and suits of your enemies. Okay? But he is, of course, the less powerful one, and because the uh, and basically, you also have the guys who use powers, and they can be used for different things. But you can have a support guy like Nadia, who sacrifices herself to help others and things like that. Uh, you can do many kinds of uh, characters with different powers. I think there are fifty upgrades and powers to choose from. I don't know. I, I don't really want to tell you guys how to make them. I think it's more fun if you discover it. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to make sure mechanically if there's anything about the character classes or, or characters that we didn't get to play. So there's no true levels. It's not like you level 1 to 20. You just get better gear um, as you go up. But do you see is there like a, a, a maximum like you play? To, there's, is there a certain point where you're done with a character and you'd want to start over with a new campaign? Yes, basically your skills can go up to 9 and your attributes can go up to 3. This is an upgrade that allows you to bring one single attribute to 4 and you can have up to 6 upgrades. I think it can take you, I don't know, 40, 50 games to have the, the finished mm -hmm. guy. Like, you cannot improve him anymore and then maybe it becomes a little bit boring. Gotcha. So, so your character sheet um, equivalent is not only going to be the equipment cards you have, which form the core of, of your abilities and and your your actual character sheet with with the uh, your your stats on it, but but also the deck that you're currently using. You can't use that for another character in between because you need to keep your discard pile until you've gone all the way through the deck. Mm, if you want to keep track of of experience, it, it becomes kind of hard to uh, to use it uh, to use the same deck again. So. What can I recommend you? Well, you can always count the cards. That's a little bit boring. The simplest thing is to to say, okay, I have this many cards left, and then you just, the next time you play, you uh, shuffle it, and you draw that many cards out. Uh, so you may replay some cards. And the other thing you can do is use a poker deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which probably everybody has lying around. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a little bit, uh, it's, it's not really fit, thought of uh, so you can uh, play simultaneous campaigns. Hmm. Okay. 
if you want to keep track of experience this way, you can always uh, say, oh, we won't keep uh, experience track this way. We will use give you experience whenever the GM thinks it's fair. The Michael way. Now, I did not get to read a lot of the material about the universe that was set in, like sort of the background. I, I try to stay more to the rules. Uh-huh. So is your goal to to continue to put out more products like expanding the universe and the like the plots that the characters would be in or 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 giving higher level equipment you can turn characters all the way up to 11 <laughs> uh, no okay we want to be reasonable so we want to do the kickstarter now and we want to make the best game we can and so we're trying to do that we're trying to make a game with a lot of things basically we want it to be you buy it and you will enjoy it we, we, we hope you will have enough to play many, many times. Can we spam this? Well, of course. You can always add uh, all kinds of stuff. You can add more gear cards, more NPC cards. We have not developed a strong SIP versus SIP uh, mechanic because we didn't find it that interesting. That's something you can always spam on. Uh, but I think we really want to do a good game now and not try to leave things behind for sponsors or anything like that. We are not fantasy light. We cannot think like that. G- given that it's it's a, a deck-based game, the DM runs uh, a deck plus a hand, do, do you have uh, suggested rules for a single-player version where you, you shuffle up a deck for the monsters and play against yourself or the, against the deck? Uh, well, the GM represents uh, bad luck. So whenever you confront an NPC, you can basically play the cards out of the deck. Uh, the thing is, you wouldn't uh, have times like, I climb this wall and the GM makes you fall because it's interesting. The only times that would happen is when you have a, a skill of value zero, because that means that you have a disadvantage and you cannot perform the action. Okay, So skills of value zero are a pain in the ass. You cannot really use them unless your activity is high and no one is confronting you. Right. So solo playing, I don't think it's possible because the GM has to create a story for you. But you could play it GM-less, GM-less in the way that you could have four players and they all just kind of storytell together and then as a group said, well, at this point I think we want to do this and then just run the top of the deck without necessarily playing out of your hand. Possibly, though. Oh, I mean, you yeah, still you get a little bit of the same trouble, but it would be possible. I think it would be possible, but uh, uh, I'm not going to say, yes, it's, it's a great system for that, because I have never tried. Right. And the mechanic is not built for that. So I think, I think mechanics that try to do everything fail a little bit on everything as well. Okay. And we don't really want to, 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 to try that. All right. Well, what I'll do is I will I'll compile the first part of the game where you were kind of going over the the rules, and I'll compile this part, um, just sort of a discussion at the end, and I'll put that in a separate episode. So the episodes will come out will just be the play, uh-huh. and then we will get together separately um, and do like a kind of like what we thought of the game and just you know kind of our feedback and that kind of stuff, uh, and that will be available as well. For me, I'll tell you, it will be it'll be very positive. I. I really like it. I don't feel like I did a lot of role playing because I was still not figuring out the rules, and it was just a lot of like, do I play a card? 
so that aspect I would have liked to have done a better job for you uh, role playing. But I I really like the system. It's kind of neat. It, it does things familiar, but it does them in an interesting way. Uh, I don't want to cloud these guys' opinions. I want to get their, you know, what they really think. But uh, for me, I, I liked it, and I do appreciate you taking the time and running because it's like, what, 4 a.m. your time now, something like that? Five minutes? Five minutes. Okay, Five, yeah. so, so we won't keep you uh, unless there's anything <laughs> else in particular you want to say or anything you want to ask. Otherwise, we'll get you off here, man. No, just basically I had a lot of fun. Thank you for trying the game with me. Thank uh, you for running it. Was it was a different experience to play uh, online. I have never done it. Uh, and you guys got the rules really, really fast, which I think is a lot of hard, uh, very hard when you are not seeing what I'm doing or seeing my hands movements or anything like that. So I appreciate your uh, attention. And well, well, I, well I couldn't see you grin evilly when we were making bad choices and stuff. That was that was my worst part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, also, the the campaign. This campaign is set so to try the rules. So uh, there is not a lot of role playing going on. There is not interactions with NPCs. Use a little bit of dialogue with this uh, almost dead human. So don't worry about that because basically the system. This was more like a dungeon in the space kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or DriveThruRPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com, or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G., at... The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.